Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bubby Castro. Hey, Bob. What's up, Dan? God, it's good to be back in this garage. Is it? I'm loving it. I is am. It though? I am. You've done an incredible job over the years turning this into a place. Where, where two middle-aged whites can sit around, listen to music oh. comfortably, drink a drink a Guinness. How about that? Oh, look at that! Look at the pop! You know that was uh, from St. Patrick's Day. Had one myself. My wife had one. Got another one in case. And then, as it always is when it comes to Guinness, I have one, and I go like, I'm fine for exactly one year. <laughs> I don't think I've had a Guinness at all in 2020 because I haven't gone to a bar. Yes. Basically in 2020. So I'm and excited about this. All the Irish listeners are going to be simultaneously I know. excited and disgusted that you're drinking uh, Guinness out of a can. Too lazy to go get a cup. Right. So and I'm just going to sit here and drink it out of the can. It does recommend not only putting it in a glass, Bob, but you got to let it sit there. Of course. So no, Bob I, already finished the can. I know. He just gulped the whole thing down. I have a problem. No, I know the right way to drink a Guinness, but you know what? This is uh, 2020, Dan. Nothing has gone right in 2020. <laughs> nailed it. Fucking indeed, Bob, indeed. Nailed it. Welcome to Throwback to the Future, Volume 3. Yes, our year-end retrospective where this humble podcast usually, uh, as you know, if you're a longtime listener, and we know there are longtime listeners and avid listeners because of that Spotify data, which, Bob, a little bit... Over the top. I mean, giving people this ability to uh, dig into their algorithms. But what it really is, it's Spotify learning more and more about their users. Oh, I knew you were going to turn this into something negative. This is Bob. Just look at it this way. If you if you don't pay for something, guess what, Bob? You're the product. We are. We are the product. We are so close to the Spotify year end yearly wrapped day becoming a national holiday. People are so excited when that day happens and the poor Apple music listeners are standing around like, like, Holding those, their dicks in their like those kids in the mid nineties that had TurboGrafx 16. <laughs> like there's just nothing that they can grasp onto. I was going to, well, TurboGrafx 16, that's pretty good. Um, I, I got Sega Saturn. Oh, there you go. That's even better. <laughs> in 98. Like who would have thought, all right, let's, let's remember how the video game wars played out. First, it was Commodore 64 and Atari. Then Atari. Right. Well, there's tell what is it, Activision or tell something. ColecoVision. I had ColecoVision when I was a kid. Wow, that's old school. So, um, then there was Atari. Then Nintendo hits, obviously. Obviously, it, it explodes, and it's it's the uh, gaming system of a generation of kids in the '80s. Then the '90s hit. Here's Sega Genesis. Yep. So Sega's in the game. Sega Genesis gets a little head start on SNES, mm-hmm. and that quickly becomes the the Rachel or Monica type level question of uh, which way are you going to go? Like, what do you prefer? Right. And shout out there to Sega because they essentially emerged as a superpower with Genesis. 
And then SNES did a nice job. And that was either way, you couldn't go wrong. You couldn't go wrong. But I think I had Sega Genesis. I think a little cooler, maybe. uh, But I think Super Nintendo was a little better. Mm. So I always felt like a little jealous when I was looking at those like uh, gaming magazines. Right. In my uh, early teen years, just being like, oh man, like Super Mario World looks pretty amazing. And like the graphics are a little better on Super Nintendo. So I had a little FOMO, even though that wasn't a word for. About Not 15 yet. years after that, right? So then you had a minor misstep, as everyone knows, when you purchased uh, or had Sega CD. Yep, Santa gave me Sega CD, and uh, that was essentially the one video game with Dana Plato was getting kidnapped or something. Uh, that one video, yes, game. there was one video game. <laughs> Dana Plato being kidnapped repeatedly. It was the first Different video game because because it was on CD, so it was like no bits. This is all about CD ROMs, right? And uh, they would be able to incorporate like real footage into it. Like there was a Jurassic Park video game where you would get nine seconds of like Jurassic Park footage that has nothing to so do with bad. the game. And then you would just play a terrible video game. So Sega CD, maybe that was the warning and I should have heeded that warning. But I wonder then... how many people are just skipping ahead right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happens, Bob? Mm. It is time to hit the late 90s and you have PlayStation hits the scene. Right. And that is at the same time that Sega rolls out their true Genesis follow-up, Sega Saturn. Yeah. And I put my money on the established Sega gaming system. And um, I don't have to tell anybody that follows that industry what a huge gaffe it was no. for the old Zeus. My roommate in college then, their Sega's next system, uh, the Dreamcast. Oh. We had a Dreamcast in my dorm room. But she had no excuse at that point because Saturn had bombed previously. Right, right. And uh, yeah, so shockingly, the roommate that owned every Shaquille O'Neal CD also bought a Sega Dreamcast. <laughs> so you might be questioning his decision-making skills in his teen years. I don't really know how we got here, Bob, but uh, that, <laughs> we're here. Those oh, are I know video how. games. I know how. Yeah. Obviously, you were saying um, thank you to our listeners for listening to a shit ton of Throwback Pod on their Spotify. Uh, yes, yes. Um, I still don't know how that connects to the video It games. doesn't at all, but that's what this podcast is. Yeah. So. Uh, and for that... some reason, people listen to 10 episodes a day or six episodes a day of it. And uh, they'll share. They shared their screen grabs about the thousands of hours they spent listening to us babble about dumb shit like that. Unbelievable! So thank you to everyone uh, that listens, and and Spotify thanks you as well because they know everything they need to do, know about you in terms of harvesting your data. Mine me for data. Just make my Harvest. life more personal. Like here you go, take it all. Meanwhile, Apple, the good guys. <laughs> They're the good guys. The good guys in all this. The the uh, relatable. A uh, little brother, you know, we they're looking out for you. Oh, I can't believe you're trying to paint Apple as the underdog in any story. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, all right. But yes, this is our third throwback to the future, which means we're going to the wild, wild west. Yes, yes. <laughs> we're following the footsteps of Back to the Future. Which is a bummer that they went to the wild, wild west because no one gave a shit. You know, I think they missed the, this is how they missed the boat with Back to the Future Part 3. Back to the Future Part 2, awesome. Amazing. The future. So Everyone amazing. wants to know what the future's like. And everybody wanted to see flying cars and um, all the different hoverboards. ways fashion would change and hoverboards. A hoverboards don't talk on water. You have to have power. And everybody was way into that. And then there was a misstep. The baby boomers who were involved with the third film mm-hmm. thought that 80s kids gave a shit about the Old West. Don't give a shit. Baby boomers, when they were kids, yep. were fascinated by the Old West. 80s kids could not give two shits. Nope. 
Not Who cares all. about no. the Old West? Don't show me a old locomotive. Don't care. It there's nothing that sparks my imagination about an old train <laughs> or uh, ghost towns and and old shootouts. Old shootouts. Pew, pew. It, yeah, with, yeah, with your long guns. I and I think they learned their lesson. Yeah, because well, have you seen another movie about the Old West? <laughs> Ever? No. Wild Wild West. Another bomb. There you go. With See, I think we've made our point as a generation. All right, now where are we on the show? <laughs> At some point, we're going to talk about our favorite songs of the year. The songs that yes. when we're still in this garage 25 years from now, we're going to look back and say, hey, remember that uh, horrific year of 2020? These were the songs that will take us back there and we'll remember as being some of the the better artistic achievements of the worst year on record. Right. There you go, Bob. We have tickets to The Strokes and... Um King Princess. King Princess, who was on the 2019 playlist, actually. Uh, Throwback to the Future, Volume 2, I believe. Uh, that was rescheduled from last March to this upcoming spring. Mm. That's not going to happen either. I don't know. We'll see. Well, we'll see. It might happen to a half-empty arena. Um, my point is, live music obviously decimated. But it turns out that people kept recording music, so that's good. But at the same time... Uh, my life, just like so many other people's, just went to shit. And um, I have to say, I was playing catch up as we were preparing for this episode uh, in terms of learning about new music. But that's one of the reasons why I like this episode is because it gives me that reason. You know what the old saying is, Bob? Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> Deadlines spur action. So I learned about a lot of the best music of 2020 in the past, I'd say 30 days. That's preparing great. Preparing for the show. See, I had a very similar uh, realization back in August, September when I realized. I realized I better get on this. Otherwise, our uh, fans are going to be listening to 15 stroke songs, which is not <laughs> not the worst thing in the world, since you and I, I think, would both agree. One of the best albums of the year. And if you look at my Spotify Wrapped. They were my number one artist. Harvest is Dana. They were my number Learn one about artist. His family. And Rock uh, his wife. Wait, what? That's what? that's the end game of harvesting data in Got this it. industry. Got it. Yeah, in the big tech world. So uh they were my number one artist. Brooklyn Bridge to Chorus was my number one song of the really? year. It was my most played song according to Spotify. How about that? And in Why general, we listen to a little bit of loved that, the album. And before we get into our songs each, let's as a as a as a duo agree to just play an amazing stroke song off the new abnormal. All right, coming up here, Bob. You have that. All right, I got it. Hang on. <laughs> I thought I thought you were going to get my verbal cues and just have it ready to go. Too much, too much happening. We're still Bob. new at this. We've only been doing this for three and a half years. Too much happening in the world, Bob. I can't keep up. Here we go. All right. You know, people should also understand. I just want to give everyone a visual of what's happening right now because it is the end of the year podcast we have two additional wires uh for bob to be able to play music off his laptop and me off my laptop 
it looks like on the floor right now a public access television show from 1996, <laughs> hosted by Frank Labono of T- TKR. Rockland <laughs> County shout out. Oh, good. Holy shit. It, that was great. And we're going to get to another artist, another veteran artist coming up in a little bit. Uh, it was great to have some of the stalwarts of, you know, our favorite musicians come out with really good original new material, especially bands that maybe you didn't expect it from. Yeah. And the Killers were one of them. I remember when we did the best of uh, the decade last year, I put on... Um, Undercover of Darkness, I believe, and at the time I labeled it the last great Stroke song. We had we had written them off, and rightfully so, as just a band that was done, and we kind of wrote their eulogy. But now there's, you know, we've talked about this on the show. There's like a whole new era now that they've kind of shown that they still have a version of the Strokes that is interesting and beyond interesting, just a great version of this band that we loved. I think they probably still hate each other, but maybe, maybe now maybe that they're not, getting though. older, they're yeah. mellowing a little bit and they're realizing that they're the, you know, the best thing that ever happened to themselves. Does so, that make sense? Each other? It does. So I, I knew that this was going to be my number one album of the year early on when I walked upstairs and I saw my four-year-old at the time doing this. <laughs> I like that. You got it. Aretha Franklin, Mariah ending there. Yeah, I played it so much that there was no way that they could. My my kids like that song too. Bad decisions, which was one of the singles as well. I I mean, the album I don't think did anything, but I think that's not really what it's about for a lot of these veteran alternative rock bands. If that's how you want to label them, Uh, they're never going to be in the mainstream again. But they have a solid core of fans like us, and I would assume a lot of people will listen to our show. Uh, so it's happy. Um, it was a very happy thing, especially when it came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, and I like that the album was called a, a new abnormal, which Ooh, is basically yeah. where we exist. What did they know? And when did they know it? Put Fabrizio on the board. Is it, Ooh, is it possible they were harvested by Spotify? <laughs> Wait, are you, you going to put the pandemic on Spotify before this is all over? Put it on the board. No. Right now the only string connecting to don't listen to. Uh, the outgoing president, when he says the China virus and everything, no, 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 no. Get your eyes off Asia. Put it directly on Sweden, the home of Spotify. <laughs> the Spotify virus. <laughs> the Spotify the virus. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's libel. And what about the fact that you just coined it, too, Bob? <laughs> you, you were like, I, this is too clever not to say it. I'm, and now it's going mainstream. I'm torn. I'm like Albert Einstein with the A-bomb. It's like if I would have known what my work would have done, I would have never done it. All right, so there you go. So, and there is that is not. But both Bob and I came up with seven songs that really uh, spoke to us this year, this insane year of 2020, which we hope never to repeat anything close to this again. And who knows? You know, next year we'll have 
oh, imagine, Bob, if this vaccine turns us all into, like, fucking maniacs. Maniacs? <laughs> what kind of maniacs? Like, did you ever see um, 28 Days Later? Yeah, I did. So the type of zombies that okay. are hyper-aggressive and fast, not oh, so like just, the lumbering zombies. You're going straight zombies, like maniacal zombies. Yeah, maniacal zombies. If the vaccine does that? And then the people, ironically. That might end the podcast. The idiot um, anti-vaxxers. They're the only ones? They're the survivors that are running from us. Oh, wow. I would love that? to fucking bite into some anti-vaxxers. <laughs> kind of hope it does play Wait, out. Is this, this a great movie idea? <laughs> kind of hope it plays out this way now. Um, all right. But this also, Bob, in addition to being our year-end show, and that was The Stroke. It's a little teaser. We both have seven songs each. Uh, and because we both love The Stroke so much for all these years, um, that was kind of like a shared one to get, get our beaks wet. But, Bob, because this also doubles as kind of our holiday special. It kind of does, yeah. I thought maybe this would be a good occasion to uh, dust off my copy of Baby, comma, Don't Hurt Me. Literally dusted off. I saw some dust on there when I got it. Chris here. Kattan, yep. the memoir that really is, I think, shook shook the mainstream uh, this year. And, Bob, you purchased it with Throwback Podcast money, mm-hmm. gifted, me, gifted me with it. So this is essentially from the Patreonies at Patreon.com. In a way. Throwback Pod. They're in the a way. One, they're the ones that are responsible for you holding Chris Kattan's memoirs in your hands. And I couldn't be more thankful to the listeners in this moment. The fact that I have this stupid fucking book in front of me. <laughs> the forward by Seth Meyers, where Seth Meyers clearly felt like... Obligated. Obligated, and it turned out that it was... Seth Meyers met his wife and the mother of his children, total coincidence, but met her at Catan's wedding, which, we by don't the need, way... We don't need all this backstory. Which, by the way, was another another obligation uh, for Meyers. You think he wanted to go to that fucking wedding? Um, so, but he met her, and now he wrote the forward. I, I told you about that a couple weeks back when we read the first excerpt from Baby, Don't Hurt Me. And now as a, as a gift, as a Christmas gift, as a Hanukkah gift, Bob. Nicely done. As a Kwanzaa gift. There Kwanzaa losing steam a little bit in 2020 or gaining steam? Which way? Uh, well, like it was getting a lot of pop it, it, earlier in the century. It was getting century. a lot of pop. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Where we'll are we see, at on Kwanzaa, Bob? We'll see where it goes. What we'll, is Kwanzaa, Bob? Help us. What are you doing right now? Read okay. Chris Kattan's book. Okay. How many sides do you want before we get into this? <laughs> Tell us about the PS2. Bob, because uh, it's time to dig into this book, I don't have an excerpt in mind. All oh, wow. I, all I want you to do, Bob, is give me a page number. And I am going to read roughly 500 words uh, beginning from that point. I'm going to give Chris Kattan and the fans what they want. Turn to page 69. You're so basic. That's You want to know my logic? Well, yeah, let's hear it. It's so basic. I'm hoping that he's in, going to indulge that. On page 69. Oh, interesting. Okay, now I'm in. All right, here we go. Page 69. Pick another uh, page. Oh, man, what a failure. Yeah, I don't like that. This is miserable. I think this is a bad idea in general. I thought you were prepared. 74. 74. Bob, you have to just go with a freewheeling podcast. Don't get so upset when things don't follow your own pace, okay? I'm sitting here drinking a Guinness the wrong way. I'm not that upset about anything right now. All right, here we go. Okay. Again, this is Chris Kattan, Baby Don't Hurt Me. 
My dad met Stan Laurel after attending a comedy workshop taught by Jerry Lewis, who was pretty much the biggest comedic star in the world at that time. Think Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop in 1984. Anyway, Jerry Lewis found Stan Laurel's phone number in a friend's phone book and suggested my father give him a call, and my dad did. I don't care about Stan Laurel. This really sounds like it's going nowhere. I moved to page... Oh, I got him to cut this whole thing out. I've got to. I moved to page... <laughs> Let's see. This might be the low point of 2020, and that is really hard to do. Oh, this is good. Okay. Save it. Redeem it. Zooey Duchanel appeared Zooey. in two very brief scenes in the movie Almost Famous, and she was so likable that in less than a minute of screen time, you could tell that someday she would be a star. Jimmy and I became fans of Zooey D. Zoe. Because of those two scenes. Then, in 2002... Carmen Cuba, one of my dearest friends, now a successful casting director for Stranger Things, thought Zooey and I would be a good match and set us up. Okay, there we go. So are you are you in now, Bob? I'm, I'm kind of on are the edge. Are you learning a lesson right now, I'm Bob? I'm kind of on the edge of my seat right now. Thank you. By the way, I met Carmen. I don't care about Carmen. No one cares. Get back right. to Zoe. After weeks of flirting with each other, Ariel and I became good friends. Ariel had grown up with Jake Gyllenhaal on Martha's Vineyard. So all he's doing is just name dropping over at this point. Is that it? Uh, name drop, name drop. Okay, now back to Zoe. Zoe. When Zoe and I first met, she was exactly how I thought she'd be. Every day we spent together after that felt like was falling in love with her over and over again. She was beautiful, free-spirited, intelligent, and she played the ukulele. She was probably the easiest person to fall in love with. And like with any normal human being, because I was so in love with her, I couldn't wait to introduce her to my friends. So, of course, I had to introduce her to Will. Oh, of course. Well, obviously. Things had never been the same between Will and me after Roxbury. Oh, I got to read this whole book. You do have to. Not on the air right now. but But they were. Let's just do this. But they were better than they had been. Every once in a while, we still got together outside of SNL, and he was still the person I most wanted to tell when I was falling for someone new. So one night in L.A., when SNL was on summer hiatus, Zoe and I met up with Will at a dive bar called The Snake Pit on Melrose. Ring a bell? Oh, yeah. It was not too far from Blue Jam. And at one point, when Zoe went into the bathroom, I candidly said to Will, I know it's early, and yes, she is young. But in, I don't know, a couple years, she could be the one. Wow. Wow. No, no more. Let's leave it there. That's then a perfect. few days it's still going. Skipping ahead. Then okay. a few days before she was set to fly out for the movie, Zoe told me that she thought we should take a break from each other while she was doing the film. She said that since the movie was a love story, as an actress, she felt she should do the film with an open mind. I was devastated. Why the fuck did I fall in love with that 21-year-old actress? Oh, no. That's pretty That's pretty fucked up that he would just reduce her to that <laughs> in that New one York, line. I couldn't stop obsessing. I phoned her. See, it always takes a negative, like a nasty turn in this book. Yeah. I left messages. We had the same publicist, and I asked if she could give Zoe messages. 
This is when I prescribed an I was prescribed antidepressants, but they didn't stop me from being obsessed and miserable. After weeks of this, I knew I had to do something. So what did I do? I did cocaine for the first time. What? What? A <laughs> All right, this is this is a great book. Okay, I'm sold. I'm sold on the book. It was something I had sworn I would never still do. Still going. Still going. But I did it, and sadly, it helped me forget about her. Unfortunately, I became an addict. Oh, my God. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas, indeed. Man, anybody who was skipping ahead during that part, which I'm sure there were a lot of people uh, doing it, they missed quite a roller coaster ride, courtesy of Mr. Catan. So just to, to recap, and again, that was completely opened the book at random. I stumbled upon a passage where he briefly <laughs> dated the famous actress, Zoe Duchanel. Fell so, for her. Fell for her hard. Very quickly, she broke it off. Name dropped about 14 people. Right. Including a probably moment that didn't happen where he told Will Ferrell that he thought she was the one. Yep. She goes to do a movie, a dopey movie, and tells him that she needed to break up because she can't do the movie while with someone. Meanwhile, if she's with a hot dude, she would have never done that. Obviously. So then he gets obsessed, starts acting compulsively and bizarre, probably freaks her out, and then gets hooked on cocaine and blames it on her, basically. <laughs> That is a great book. That's a book. Book of the year. Baby, don't hurt me. I think, I think the Throwback Podcast can say definitively, book of the year. How about book of the decade? All right, Bob, let's get into it. Without further ado, uh, now that the listeners have their gift, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's get into it. Bob, why don't you start us off? We're going to trade off uh, seven songs each. As I said, uh, the songs that captivated us, that interest us, that, that gave us... A respite from all the misery that 2020 had in store. Uh, where are we going to start, Bob? That's a great question, Dan. I didn't know where to start, so I kept asking myself over and over again, like, where to start? Where to start? Where to start? I don't know where to start. What is happening? I don't know where to start. Oh. I am starting with the song Where to Start by the band Bully. Ooh, okay. Tell I don't know this artist, obviously. Bully is not a household name. Oh, uh, not yet, Dan. Oh, you're buying no, in. No, I don't know if I'm buying in, but uh, I fucking love this song. Uh, it's a woman named Alicia Bonanno. Bagnano? Bagnano. And uh, apparently she's been around a little bit, and this is her first album with, this, with her band Bully. And I found it, I think, on pitchfork.com around the time where I was like, I better find some new music this year. And uh, her album Sugar Egg was getting good reviews and I heard the song and I fucking loved it and I've listened to it a million times this year. It's on my most listened to playlist. Is, listen, listen to this part right okay. here. I like it. I like her voice. Yeah, it's very like Courtney Love, like 90s. Kind of brings me back to the 90s. Yeah, there's definitely a rawness to it. That That is something that um, I guess it shouldn't be a surprise, especially considering our podcast. 
but songs that I that I heard this year that kind of felt like they were influenced on some level by 90s alternative rock mm-hmm. uh, I was into definitely can hear that with her yeah it felt like there was a lot of that this is year. this I a band are you saying is this a band or is it like her thing I think it's her thing yeah yeah the solo project of guitarist and singer Alicia Bagnano so um yeah she's a badass I like the whole album's great Sugar Egg I recommend it all right, there we go. So that's where I wanted to start. That's that, a good start, and nicely done with the title of the song, Bob. You know what? These things don't happen overnight, Dan. You gotta, you gotta think them out. You gotta really work it through. You know, your freewheeling podcast style. I don't know about that. Requires a lot of planning, Dan. I like it. I love how professional you are. I think that's the number one thing about you, Bob. Yeah, it is. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. Let's get going on uh, my side of the list. I will go with a artist, Mac Miller, no longer with us, uh, a song called Good News. I spent the whole day in my head, do a little spring cleaning, I'm always too busy dreaming, well, maybe I should wake up instead. A lot of things I regret, but I just say I forget. Why can't it just be easy? Why does everybody need me to stay? Oh, I hate the feeling when you're high, but you're underneath the ceiling. Got the cards in my hand, I hate dealing. Yeah. Get everything I need and I'm gone. But it ain't stealing. Can I get a break? Wish that I could just get out my goddamn way. What is there to say? There ain't a better time than today. Maybe I'll lay down for a little. Alright, so Mac Miller sadly overdosed uh, two years ago in September, I believe. And he was a up-and-coming hip-hop guy, but also kind of a, like sp- he, he spanned the genres which is yeah. part of the reason I like him here's the chorus no they don't like you when I'm down but when I'm flying and this came out right at the beginning of the year I want to say it was in January when the single came out and usually when an artist dies you'll see in the years after some type of new material surface and sometimes it feels like a cash grab right just to you know especially when it's a young artist it's like oh the vault must have you know so much and and as it sometimes turns out is it just sad things the guy or the person dies and they're gone and there's nothing really to take from new material but this like showed obviously the depth of him as an artist and it's a bummer that uh we didn't get to hear more from him and he's kind of most famous for being the dead boyfriend of Ariana Grande. Right. That's all. I, I've i never really listened to Mac Miller. Like, that's all I knew about him. Right. So this that's why I really uh, enjoy this song, because uh, there were a lot of people that were, you know, into that scene, that kind of underground uh, scene uh, in alternative hip hop. He was an L.A. based guy from Pittsburgh originally. Uh, this ended up being a number 17 uh, song on the Billboard 100. It was his highest charting single in the Bradley Knoll uh, way he never knew. There you go. He was a top 20 artist. Very cool. Good news. I like that a lot. Yeah, I like that song 
because of the chill vibe of it. And also it does remind me of, uh, the beginning of the year when it just was like any other year. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> it's like, Oh, this is a cool new song. I like this. Uh, and now then the pandemic hits two months later and everything that happened from January to about March 10th mm-hmm. seems like it happened 30 years ago. See, I like just going flat three eleven. March 11th is when this all started. Cause that was the Tom Hanks day, Tom Hanks day, Tom Hanks day, NBA day. So three eleven, put them on the board. Hmm. See, now you're just trying to deflect off what's a very clearly the Spotify-rus. <laughs> just saying. Very clearly in play right now. All right, fine. All right, I'm up next, and we're going to talk over the beginning of this song. Um, this next song is off of my favorite album of the year, I believe. Ooh, okay. The album's called The Loves of Your Life. The artist, Hamilton Lighthouser who we discussed a little bit when Matt Money Smith was on the pod with us. Hamilton, right. best known as the lead singer of The Walkman. He's put, right. out some, he's put out some incredible solo music in the last couple of years. And this album, The Loves of Your Life, is, a, in my opinion, a perfect album from start to finish. And the concept of this album is it's 11 or 12 songs, and they're all about a different person that he was in love with over the course of his life. It's about his ex-girlfriends. Interesting. So every song is about somebody else and this song is called Here They Come and I fucking love it so give it a listen All the lights are on and all my candy's gone Candy means vagina I was a that yeah like that chorus a lot the chorus is so good he also put out a live album this year that uh, i recommend if you're into that sort of thing but yeah such a cool idea for for an album an idea that i'm sure his wife hated so he's married i believe he is i was thinking about that yeah so if you write a song like how comfortable is your wife for instance with your history well we listened to this album a lot in the house and she had you know we talked about it she said how many songs do you think you could write for this kind of album. Oh, what a what a trap question. The biggest trap ever. Holy shit. I hope you said nothing because I have nothing to draw me from. Me like fucking Winnie the Pooh with a <laughs> with a pot of honey. I just stuck my big dumb head right in it. She's like Lucy <laughs> with the football and you're running up to kick the field goal. Yeah, oh I think God. I believe I believe I said I think I could write an album. I think I could do eleven songs. Oh, that's bad, Bob. And then how'd she react to that? <laughs> oh, I had to then like explain. She's like, Oh, you could, could you? Right. Well, then I said, um, yeah, probably like four from the last couple of years. And that didn't go over well, even as a joke. So, um, (laughs) no, but I was like, if you count like, you know, crushes from uh, elementary school and things that didn't work out and that kind of thing, like those moments where you think you're in love in middle school or whatever, like, I think that could be something. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is that's fascinating. Also, a little bit of a flex, like I can write an entire album of all the ex girlfriends I have. Like, <laughs> it's the is, guy yeah. from Almost Famous. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, there's Catherine Zeta Jones. There was the girl from the Cosby Show. I mean, why can't Adam Duritz write an album like that? That would be a bestseller. Isn't that been every Adam Duritz? I album, guess though? that's true. Yeah, yeah, he's just not as upfront about it. I know. Um, all right, that's good. I think we're off to a good start here. Buddy. I think I would agree with that. Uh, all right. Up next for me is another artist that um, appeared on one of our Throwback to the Future episodes. I think it might have been two years ago. And they released an album 2018, so that makes sense. And then this year, another one. Uh, it is the 1975, and uh, the song is called Me and You Together. And Me and You Together song. And it has that kind of 90s alternative pop 1996 vibe. Uh, So listen into it. That's why I was drawn to it. The something I like about this band. First of all, I didn't realize they were English. I was going to say, the first thing I was going to say is that this feels like it would fit in on our Britpop episode. This sounds like like a 90s Britpop song in the best way imaginable. Yeah, like, because I, I did a little reading up on them, and apparently they're huge um, overseas, and they're also they seem to be very high on themselves, which I kind of always I'm amused by. Uh-huh. Um, they put out an album this year that had 22 tracks. I was going to say it's very big of you to pick a song off of an album with 22 tracks. And also the first track, Bob, is a five minute spoken word uh, essay by Greta, the environment girl. <laughs> That's what she's known as now, Greta the Environment Girl. And I wonder if it's funny. It did make me think about how things have changed. I don't know. Maybe it's like the death of subtlety uh, that 30 years ago. And, you know, all my reference points, Bob, are you two related. 30 years ago, you two got killed when they began Rattle and Hum with a Beatles cover. And, said, and Bono said... Charles Manson stole this song from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. And then they went into Helter Skelter and everybody killed Bono for being like just way too caught up with himself and being uh, up his own ass. And that was like, you could read into that and see that. And that's fair. That was fair criticism. But 32 years later, a similarly big band releases a 22 song album with a five minute opening 
speech by Greta, the environmental girl. They would have got they would have got killed if they didn't do that. That's where we're at now. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about like essentially knocking your album out of a playlist rotation. You can't just drop that in there. <laughs> you can't drop Greta for five minutes. It is funny because that was a big thing in the 90s where like, you know, Eddie Vedder or Billy Corgan or any of these guys, the second they took themselves too seriously, they got just raked over the coals by the cool media. And now that kind of thing is encouraged. I mean, I'm sure they got mocked for what they did. I don't know if they got mocked for it. But I think not it, was, enough. it showed that they were conscious and right, right, all that. Right. And I suppose it's commendable. Certainly the cause is commendable. Of course. They, they're very big on protecting the environment. And obviously where we are in this country after the f- last four years, there was some damage done on that front uh, by the outgoing administration. Well, and, well, hold on. Okay. Potentially outgoing okay. administration. All right, we we got to cover ourselves still. Count every vote, bro. <laughs> Did, has that changed since the last time I saw you a couple weeks ago? No, it's you still switch your allegiances. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's like, is it actually a good use of your art to open your album with that? Like, who is that for? Other, uh, I guess you could say it's uh, what are they called? Virtue signaling a little bit. I, I haven't heard that track though. Is she rapping at least? There's no rapping. At like, some point in, in this episode. Is it Bob, like Robbie Williams and Kylie Minogue doing kids? It's nothing like. Nothing will ever be as good as that. Bob. Okay. okay. Um, at some point in this episode, and it won't be when you expect it, you're going to get drilled by Greta the environmental girl. That's <laughs> okay, all I'm, I'm going to say. All right, you're up. All right. Next up for me is a brand new artist that I discovered nary a month ago. I believe I found um, this man on Stereo Gum. When uh, Stereo Gum still hanging in there, huh? Of course. When our boy uh, Scotty Stereo Gum dropped their for best top forty new artists or something like that post, and um, I randomly just chose this guy to listen to, and I fucking loved it, and I become addicted to this album. His name is, I believe, the way you pronounce it. I've never heard anybody say it out loud. Bartis Strange. The album Live Forever. Whoa, bold, bold and the, move. And this song that I've listened to a million times since October is called Boomer. Hey, bro, hey, bro, hey, bro, look, I'm the Mac. And that was way before I did the ziggies in the act. And that was back when I was doing Harlem Nights with 20 racks. They call me Hershey because the money always come and relays. We on track. Woo! I relapse. Woo! I told my girl that I was working. That's a lie. I'm in the trap. Told my mama I was saving. Fuck, I spent that shit on wax. Like it. I mean, you know, we've talked in this podcast a million times about whether there's any sort of future in rock and roll. And I still don't know if there is, but I feel like it's going to sound like this. Like this dude, he he grew up uh, as an army brat in Europe. The family settled in Oklahoma. Now I think he's out of D.C. But his influences as a kid 
were Block Party and TV on the Radio. And the bands that we were already listening to when we were fully formed adults were the ones that were influencing him. And you could hear it in his sound. Mm. And it's just combining all these different, like this song alone has like four different parts that are four different genres of music. Like he has a hip hop cadence, he's playing guitar, and it's just so interesting to me. And I I just fucking, this got me excited about music. I wonder if that's... uh... I wonder if that's more and more just going to be the way music sounds in the future. Now that we're a good almost quarter century into hip hop being the dominant um, cultural force in music, mm-hmm. that that is just going to be a part of pretty much all rock music. But this is not a hip hop album. Here, listen to this part. I've been dead alive by the devil that's in them And that's like that's like yeah, it's almost bluesy, blues rock. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, all right, I like it. It's like a grab bag. Yeah, and so this album "Live Forever." I'm gonna break format for ten seconds. I just want to play you the beginning of uh, track nine. It's called "Far." Well, we didn't agree to this. I know we didn't, but I'm breaking. Like you, we have a contract. You read thirteen pages of Chris Kattan's. That memoir. was for the audience, not for you. <laughs> this is well. Okay, this is that for was you. a Christmas gift. Tell me what this song sounds like. I mean, this album is just amazing. Is Kwanzaa alive, Bob? Yes or no? We'll get Answer back to that. the question. I mean, just that it's like Parachutes era Coldplay. Yes. Like this album just has, it's not like this like weird cacophony of different music that doesn't fit together. Like it's a fully formed work and it's just all this music that we liked and still like, it's all in this. So I can't wait to see what this guy does. He's on your rising stars list. The Bob Castrone rising stars of the music industry. Yeah. Hopefully by next year at this time, I'll know the right way to say his name. Well, that's a, that's a big, that's step. a big step. So we'll see if that happens. Well, the weird thing is, is like, I would say, well, you'll, if he breaks mainstream, uh, you know, you'll, everyone will know how to pronounce his name, but I don't know if that's really how music works anymore. Even if that guy is awesome, there's a chance he just kind of stays exactly around this level. Yeah. Remember things are so fractured true. and splintered now. It's I just so wish. different. You know, last year when we were doing this, we were, uh, pulling for, uh, our boy Sam Fender to start dating Lizzo. We need that. So that way he can get a little bit of it. attention. That's the only way to do it. Maybe Bartis and Lizzo can make this happen and that could help him out. Somebody needs to do it. I am not giving up on the Sam Fender dream. Okay. I need him to fuck Lizzo. Okay. <laughs> and then I need her like she did with the Minnesota Vikings player. She needs to name drop Sam yeah. Fender. She would break Sam Fender in two. He's like a, a 115 pound uh, wee British lad from a shore town. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that Lizzo with that all American ass, what she would do to Sam Fender. He's got to risk it for his, for his art. He's got to do it. If Sam Fender got killed by Lizzo's ass, but then had an album in the can, uh-huh. and it was like in born the can, to run, in, in the, the can. can. And imagine if it was born to run <laughs> and he was killed by Lizzo's ass in a sex accident. <laughs> like, is there any way he's not one of the biggest, like, kind of stories of the decade? <laughs> I, w- I mean, there's who knows? This decade's already pretty full of. Big stories, but I would hope that would crack the top 10. I mean, how is it not? A, I'm talking, I'm not saying like, uh, 
kind of like Born to Run? No, it's an album yeah, yeah. that is the 2020s version it, of Born to Run. It's the thing that brings rock and roll back to number one. He was killed in an ass he accident. He was killed in an ass incident. <laughs> Uh, that's good. <laughs> You're up. That's good. All right, here we go, Bob. Here is, I'm going to say, Bob, this is one of my favorite albums of the year. It's also one of my favorite, um, it in fact is my favorite, I got to crank out the power rankings. I need, I have kids running around the house because society is concluded. Um, I got to sit in the garage, put on my Bose earphones, uh, put on some music and just work. Um, so I need something kind of chill, something relaxed, uh, something a little indie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, uh, what's more 2020 than to me the best indie album or at least indie sounding album of 2020 being released by Taylor Swift? Oh, look at you. Stop, I didn't though. I hit the ground running each night. I hit the Sunday matinee. You know, the greatest films of all time were never made. I guess you never know, never know. And if you wanted me, you really should have showed. And if you never bleed, you're never gonna grow. And it's all Tossing pennies in the pool And if my wishes came true It would have been you In my defense I have not So here's why I love Taylor Swift And she's, I think, one of the most important Musical artists of the last 20 years mm-hmm. She is such a great fucking songwriter She has the ability to take things that are on the surface things that you don't need to be a a deep thinker to have rattling around your brain but then take that and put it into a song and write it in a way that not only is it catchy um, also is like it kind of puts you in the song she just has that special gift as a songwriter totally and I love that this song essentially I love what this song is about it's about looking back on a past love and thinking about how there was a time in your life where the only thing that you ever wanted was to be with that person. And things didn't work out that way. And now in the future, you're with a, your current partner. But you still remember when you felt that way. And isn't it weird that I used to feel that way? Mm-hmm. Like so you, And it reminds you how your life and your viewpoint of things totally shift. And I think it's just a really... Um, really beautifully written song and the whole album is filled with great great personal songs like this and uh it's also uh, the photos are in black and white and all the uh songs are in lowercase letters and bonivar bonivar is he's a huge uh character in this as well as the guy from bleachers uh who i like a lot as well so right last year when we played lover 
on our Throwback to the Future episode and ultimately chose the song Lover to be added to the playlist, that was her big pop album with, you know, big hit singles and, you know, Panic at the Disco guesting in songs. And it was like a work of, you know, mass appeal. This was definitely her indie album, even though I'm sure it was a major release and everything. But I mean, every song has a little explicit label next to it from little Taylor Swift. Dangerous. She got real. I mean, the first line of this song, she drops the brown word as um, was used in the great movie Serial Mom. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I've always thought um, that there was just a lot of parallels between Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen and, and their ability to have mass appeal be huge stadium acts, but then also as artists kind of disappear every once in a while <clears throat> and write things that are very personal and, and small mm-hmm. uh, compared to their um, maxillist type recordings that they will sometimes roll out. And I think uh, this is her version of, let's say, Nebraska. Right. And it works because she's talented. She's not this. If you look at the songwriting credits, this is not like. You know, no offense, John Bon Jovi, Hall of Famer, but you don't have a Swedish pop songwriters written all over these songs. It's right. Taylor Swift. Exactly. Anyway, there good you pick. go. Taylor That's a good Swift. pick. So I'm going to stick in that same sort of world right now. Somebody uh, who I think put out an album in a similar vein to folklore. Somebody who I became a fan of this year, even though she's been around for a little bit. Last year, she put out an album with Connor Oberst under the uh, name Better Oblivion Community Center. And both of those guys put out uh, albums this year, Bright Eyes and this person, Phoebe Bridgers. That is a name I've been hearing a lot. Yeah, it's she's kind she of... She just keeps popping she up. She kind of blew up this year, and this song, Kyoto, is incredible. So I think you're going to love it. All right, Kyoto. Great song. What's great, her background? What's her deal? Great album. I don't know her background, but like I said, she put out that album with Bright Eyes. She was one of the many women at the beginning of 2020 who um, killed Ryan Adams. Oh. He was creepy with her, along with Liz Fair and every Was she other. quoted in the New York Times? She was quoted Expose? either in Rolling Stone or either she responded to the New York Times thing or... Where, where is that guy, by the way? He's gone. <laughs> 
Like, but like, where is he? Oh, I don't know. Is he at laundry service right now? He I tried. Mean, well, no one's anywhere right I know, now. I know. I know he but. tried reemerging a couple of months ago and like re, like you know, tweeting something, and people were like, no, 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 He's no. He's like, no, no. I have a cover album of folklore by Taylor Swift. Anybody interested? Yeah, no, but let's let's not do her a disservice by talking about him here. She, See, yeah, Bob she, listens to women. Bob believes women. There you go. She did blow up this year. Big like, change in twenty twenty. Um. You know, at the election, the day of the election, she said that if uh, Biden wins, she would record a cover of Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. So that got me voting. I wasn't going to vote until that happened. I mean, you've been all over the map with this election. Bob. <laughs> like You have been up and down, left and right. Yeah. And she did it. She put out a little uh, Iris cover right afterwards, which was great. So you played me that other song, the other album, two songs, which was cheating and broke our contract. Mm hmm. When you could have played a little bit of Iris from Phoebe Bridgers, and no, nobody would have been belly aching about that. Go find it yourself. It's, uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> that's a broadcaster, no, folks. The album Punisher. It's definitely more melancholy than that song. Like that is one of the poppy, kind of punchier songs on the album. It's a perfect, like you were saying, mellow, mm-hmm. chill album to listen to. But yeah, it makes sense that she's in that bright eyes orbit because they're kind of similar in a lot of ways with like the songs that they're writing. So uh, I'm a, I, I like her. I like Phoebe. I wonder how, yeah, that's a good song. I wonder how Connor Oberst did, uh, you know, just, you know, stacking numbers in the two thousands. Probably not too great. Cause I even like, I, well, you know, I, I listened to the album once or twice on Spotify. It didn't really, are you, are you talking about downloads? Or are you talking about like getting laid? What are you talking about? You know, I don't know. You know what I'm saying, Bob. I mean, he's probably like an old married guy at this point. No, no, know. no. I said in the 2000s when he was oh, seen as the, the boy 2000s. genius. Do you think Connor was like haunting the piano bar? Or no, I think he wasn't. Any Lower East Side haunts? <laughs> no, I don't. He's like, you know, I'm the wide awake it's morning guy. <laughs> Is that the name of the album? Yeah. We should do that one. I, I made also, if you may recall... Digital yarn. What was the other what? album that no one cared about? Digital urn. Digital urn. Yeah, yeah. If it was digital yarn, it would have been better. It would have been better. People would have talked about it a little <laughs> bit more. Uh, so your number, if I had to give you a number to put on Connor or Oberst um, Conquest, 2004 to 2010, you will say? Six. Six. <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. And Lock we, it in. And we wonder why Indie Rock has never you know crossed <laughs> over the guy that was the boy genius the man who would lead the entire genre into a bold new uh direction that would take us to the next level had sex with six different people <laughs> over the course of seven years that is rough Bob. but like a lot of times with each of those six so you know his number is higher if you count multiple times with one person the bright eyes guy is probably not a big one night stand person that's what I, i'm I saying of, yeah i, I yeah. hear you on that all right let's uh move on all right so this is a good bit of synergy here uh because the bleachers guy is named jack antonoff uh-huh and i love jack Antonoff. you do i love his work as a producer. I loved his band Fun. You love jacking off. I love Bleachers, and I love his solo stuff, um, which I guess is Bleachers. So here is a new single, Chinatown, featuring some guy named Bruce Springsteen. Whew. 
Bruce is coming up, and and I want to give Bruce a spotlight because Bruce deserves everything. This sounds like late period Bruce Springsteen. So, you know what I hear as a Bruceophile? What I hear is uh, speaking of a quieter, mellow album after you release a giant blockbuster. Uh, after Bruce put out "Born to Run," yep, or excuse me, "Born in the USA." In 1984, which we've covered on this podcast, his follow-up album was Tunnel of Love, which was Bruce's divorce album, and is um, much more kind of toned down in and in, uh, in comparison. And the a lot of themes that it touches on are about relationships and and like I said, the downfall of his marriage. And mm-hmm. it's a more introspective type record. And I hear that, especially with some of the synthesizer in this and this guy Jack Antonoff, his jacking off and he is way plugged in here's bruce fucking love bruce springsteen so cool uh john prowlis writing for the new york times praised Springsteen's guest appearance, saying Springsteen's voice appears as if out of a mist, like the apparition of a patron saint. Mm-hmm. And Jack Antonoff, of, of all the things that I love about him, as one of my favorite artists of this decade, and um, is that he's a Jersey guy, bud. That makes sense. Straight up Jersey, dude. So imagine being a guy born in the late 80s uh, in New Jersey, and now you have Bruce Springsteen guesting... Uh, giving you a, oh. a chorus on your album. Just think, though, how big Antonoff could have been if he died in a Lena Dunham ass accident. I'm just saying. That's right. They were together. They were together for a while. Anyway, I love that song. It just came out it's, last yeah. month. I think it might be, uh, <clears throat> it might end up being my favorite song of 2020. It's, got, it's as the kids say, it's a vibe. It's a great, like, kind of puts you in a place and... Uh, and as you pointed out there, Bob, the guy was smart enough to write this song and be like, oh, this is like a cool Bruce Tunnel yeah. of Love era song. Let me see if Bruce will be on it. And he was. He did it. No, I like that a lot. Yeah, That sounds like a song that you could easily hear yourself listening to 10 years from now. And it just feels timeless. And the video, which I haven't seen, but uh, there's a site called Wikipedia that handles all the research for this podcast. Uh, it, it documents a journey from New York City to New Jersey, uh, mirroring both singers' relationships to the state. And Bob, uh, we we grew up on the border of New York and New Jersey. Mm, we were right on, on that border. We were on New York. We were obviously in New York. I shouldn't say obviously. Who the fuck knows about us? Uh, but we were close enough to Jersey where you could uh, drive over the border from our hometown of Pearl River to get gas. Yeah, we were we were the first cheaper. we were the first town in, and our town had like fourteen bars in it. In part because it was a very Irish town, no offense, Dan, but no, also, also because spot on. for a few years there, the drinking age in New Jersey was 21 and in New York it was 18. So right. Pearl River reaped the award, the rewards of just putting a bunch of bars there to get the uh, Jerseyites to come in. A lot, a lot of drunk driving on Route 304. <laughs> in the 70s um, and 80s. And I have to say that uh, just even reading that and then hearing that song, Makes me nostalgic about when we were very young and going into New York City for the first time. Oh, yeah. Those trips on the bus to the Port Authority and uh, just being completely awestruck by New York and 
intimidated by just the sheer size and vastness of it compared to where we grew up, which is like, I don't know if you've been to Rockland County too much recently, Bob. One thing that strikes me when I go home now is how green it is. Oh, interesting. And how big it is. All like if you drive through our town of Pearl River where we grew up, everyone's yard is huge. Right. And we weren't a rich town. No, but we're like middle class suburbs, suburbs. But like a like a regular house in Pearl River has a yard that's three times bigger. Like if you combined Mm -hmm. our yards and our houses here in L.A. Yeah. And then doubled that. Yeah. That's like a backyard in Pearl River. So like that's where we grew up. So then this the fact that the city was a forty five minute bus ride away, uh, it was a cool whole thing, whole other world. We were pretty lucky in that in that uh, way. Don't yeah, you think I agree. Yeah, we didn't appreciate it at no. all. But yeah, we I mean, were. How could you when you're young? You don't appreciate. You don't anything. appreciate anything. All right, what do you got, Bob? I'll tell you something I do appreciate, Dan. The arcade fire, right? We both like the arcade fire here. We do. We don't like the arc of their career. No, we don't. So much. But if you look at it, you know who else likes the arcade fire? The listeners of this podcast. One of our top 10 most downloaded episodes ever is an arcade fire episode with Greg Rosenthal. That's right. So they either love Greg or they love the arcade fire. Let's assume it's both, but... Let <laughs> so, me call Greg lovable. So this is the my favorite arcade fire song of the year that was not from the arcade fire but a member of it. I'm tired of waiting for a better day But I'm scared and I'm lazy and nothing's gonna change The blood's still fresh on the ground Is this Wind Butler? But I'm Close but no cigar. I'm safe and I will Kevin not make Butler. a sound. We're going to raise it back up for the chorus, but this is Will Butler. Will Butler. Wynn's brother. And uh, this dude put out an album this year, Generations. It's his second album. I was big on his first album a few years ago. We weren't doing the podcast. Were, we weren't doing the podcast. We weren't doing the podcast that. yet, but we uh, we had a dude trip that year. I definitely it's put like, oh, here comes Bob. He's going to be talking about Will Butler. I definitely put a Will again. Butler song on that uh, whatever trip we went on that year on that playlist. But um, of course, when I saw he put out a new album, I was immediately listening to it, and it's just so good. It fills that arcade fire void, minus the pretentiousness. And here we go. Listen, to this I part. like the pretentiousness. Of I like it. It's funny you said that about the pretentiousness because I think that's almost like the one thing I feel like is missing from this song. But you know what? Like, like I like the bigness of Arcade Fire. Right. And the, uh, but the pomposity But I would say the charm of the suburbs was that it didn't have that pretentiousness. I think... Oh, re- I don't know about that. The Reflector and all those other ones are way more pretentious. This kind of those strikes me... Those are just me, bad. This strikes me as pretentious a suburbs... Pretentious doesn't mean bad. I know, but this strikes me as a suburbs-era Arcade Fire song. It just has the same kind of hooks that they were putting out around that time. I hear you. Yeah. I think you just maybe put it in my head that I kind of like the the grand, like, let's go for it of right. peak arcade No, fire. I get that. I get that, too. Where this is maybe a little bit more subtle, 
and reined in, not in a bad way, but it doesn't have that same level of ambitious ambition dripping off it right. when I think about Arcade Fire. So I guess if there was like a like id, or if there was like a way to divide the Arcade Fire up between the butlers, maybe Will's the one that's kind of in this world, and Win is the Win. one. Win's saying, when he's winning the Celebrity All Star MVP, exactly the NBA All Star Week, and he's the one that's like writing words on his forehead with a sharpie while he's I was doing. Like, Here he SNL. goes. Here goes Win again. The fucking Win doing the fucking marker shit. And Will's just like, we got the hooks, guys. We got the hooks. <laughs> But yeah, love this song. And uh, the album has a few great songs on it. So Willie Butler, go for it. I wish, yeah, I wish the Arcade Fire matured better as a band because they felt like they could have, they seemed like they had that ability Mm -hmm. to never quite go fully mainstream, even if, at the same time I say that, Suburbs won Album of the Year for the at the Grammys, so you can't go more mainstream than that. And remember when that happened, our friend Dude Love, who owned the Godzilla soundtrack, was like texting us like, what is this garbage? When they played live, like he just couldn't That's wrap his right. head around it. Who are, who, are, who are these fools? That was like the last cool moment of the Grammys, actually. I know. Like, how did the Arcade Fire win Best Album of the Year? That's kind of crazy. It's pretty cool. In retrospect, it was 10 years ago now. Um, but it's just, they, they are the epitome of the band that disappeared up its own ass. It's true. Uh, Not Lizzo's ass. Not Lizzo. But See, then again, if Will Butler disappeared up Lizzo's ass, maybe more people would enjoy that song. We gotta get Lizzo on the phone. Bob, can you grab me a Bud Light? You got it, bro. I am. This Bud Light was from our last golfing expedition. Oh yeah. And who uh, who won that? I don't remember. Uh, I had an arm injury. That's all I remember about it. All right. Fought through it. Anyway, we drink Bud Light. When we go golfing. I'm going to have one too now. Because we're regular bros. Because bros, we're Americans. And I always love them. Uh, ice cold Bud Light on a golf course is great. And when we say golf course, we mean the Los Feliz Par 3, which is barely a golf course. Right. If, if say, we were to be killed by Lizzo's ass and people wanted to celebrate our lives, they said, let's, let's do some of the things that Bob and Dan do. Uh, not only did we uh, regularly golf, at the Los Feliz Par 3, more famously known as the Swingers uh, Course, if you've ever seen that famous movie. Um, our last time there, we carved our names into wet cement. Yeah, so we'll see if that's still there the next time we go. And if you... But like a couple of like a couple of 12-year-olds. Yeah, not 40-year-old dads of two. <laughs> uh, it just was there, and it was out of plain sight, and it was just too tempting. So if you're in the Los Angeles area, and you're ever in that golf course, uh, check out about, I think it was Sixth Hole? If you can call it a hole, technically, yeah. It's right by the... Uh, I mean, it has a hole. When you make the turn, yeah. It has a hole. That's, that, that's that, the that, most I could say about the golf That course. hole is about 40 feet away from the tee. Like, if someone asked for a review of the Los Feliz Par 3, I'd say there are nine holes. <laughs> technically. And sometimes you can uh, hit your ball into all nine without any weird abnormalities <laughs> happening on the course itself. Um, all right. Anyway, I say that because I never had Bud Light. Unless I'm at a Yankee game or on the golf course and uh, having one in the garage for the first time. And you know what? It's taking me back to the golf course. I am too. Doesn't it? Did you take your sip yet? Does it feel like the golf course or not? (sighs) Feels like the golf course. (sighs) All right. I'm up. Here we go. Uh, My next song, Bob, is now we're in the middle of the pandemic here. Let's let's fast forward from March to the summer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, we were all trapped in 
LA for months by this point, and Emily said, "You know what? Let's let's go to Texas and stay there for the summer." Uh, and we did that. And I worked from Texas, and Emily worked from Texas, and the boys got to spend time with the grandparents. There's a pool, there's a lake, good times. And this song came out called "Texas Sun" uh, from Leon Bridges and a, an artist named Kurja Abin. Probably not right. Bud Light, I said. Nice. Come on, roll with me till the sun goes down. The Texas sun. So this song is a bit of a time capsule, reminds us of our summer in Texas, and I really just like the vibe of the song. Very chill. Leon Bridges is um, somebody who I've always kind of liked over the last... Me too. Six or seven years, I'd say. We've never talked about that. I like him too. I never knew you liked him. Yeah, I like him. And I like his voice. What else are you fucking hiding from me? (laughs) Uh, The last Leon Bridges song I loved was the theme from Big Little Lies. Yes. It was a banger. Here's a good part of it. Yeah, this belongs in a movie or a TV show. Um, there's nothing people from Texas love more than songs that have the word Texas in it. Yeah, it's I like their number say, one favorite thing in the world. You could even kind of shorten that. There's nothing people from Texas love more than Texas. Just <laughs> anything true. Texas. Yeah. Te- they are. In. They're in. Here's my favorite like uh, Texas fun fact that I only know because I married a girl from Texas. These people are very proud of the fact. That Texas is the only state in the union uh, that has its own power grid. So they could secede at any time and be completely uh, self-sustainable. And they're proud of that. Hey, Texas, do it. (laughs) They're proud of that because in in the opinion of a lot of people in Texas, they kind of are their own country already. And there's no other state that's that way. No, not at all. I give them that. There's, there's a. Uh, I mean, maybe Alaska is, but nobody's ever met anybody from Alaska. It's a very Alaska doesn't count. It's basically Russia. Um, I wait. Do we have Alaskan listeners? Nope. Definitely not. Where's if we have an Alaska <laughs> listener, please let us know. Find a phone somewhere. Get, download a thing called Twitter and let us know. I think that's fair, Bob. If you are a listener from Alaska and we just offended you, <laughs> reach out to Bob at the throwback po- throwback pod. At Gmail. Do we have to explain to them what email is? <laughs> and we will. And I promise you, we will have a formal apology lined up. Yeah. Uh, at a future podcast. Yep. Anyway, nice. A lovely little song. There. Yeah, that's a great song. I like uh, that a lot. Both Texas artists. Uh, mellow. I like how it's put here on the site. Popmatters.com. Cosmic Soul. Like that. That's good. Don't you ever wish. And Bob, I, I find you to be a, a, a fine writer. Thank you, buddy. Do you ever wish 
Go ahead. You were saying something? I said thank you because you complimented me. No, but you're... Oh, you're a fine writer too. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Do you ever think, Bob, that... (laughs) Do you ever think that... The neediness is just... (laughs) It's gone next level. Do you ever think, Bob, like when you read certain things, like the idea that someone thought of the term cosmic soul, and you ever think, damn, I wish I could think of that. Because you know who probably invented that? Stephen Thomas (laughs) Erlewine. He probably thought of that. He definitely didn't. He probably stole it from somebody. (sighs) Go ahead, Bob. You're up. Let's stick with the middle of the pandemic and how this thing ruined the lives of uh, many people. And, and, you know, obviously it's been it's been awful. Um, There's a band that I love that I think they had their debut album come out this year, Dan. And I think if not for the pandemic, it could have maybe done something because they are my favorite find. What are you doing? They are my favorite find of the last couple of years. Found them thanks to. Our fans over on the Throwback Podcast Reddit. I've been a big supporter of them ever since. They put out an album this year. What's happening? That's you. What are you doing? Oh, fuck. I'm being Thurnberged. Am I being Thurnberged? Thurnberg. <laughs> you just got Thurnberg. Oh, no. I've been Thurnberg. I've been Gretted. We are right now in the beginning of a climate and ecological crisis. Sandstorm starts playing. <laughs> we must acknowledge that we do not have. The By the way, it's, under it's completely. I'm sure everything she's saying is amazing right now. We're just being the biggest dicks on the world. You just got Thunberg. You set us up for the biggest failure of all. All right, I think I'm very excited to watch this documentary on Hulu, Dan. If you really, well done, Bob. If you really respect what Greta Thunberg has to say, let's give her the floor for 20 straight seconds. Deal. In their present form, have failed, but Homo sapiens have not yet failed. Yes. We are failing, but there is still time to turn everything around. We can still fix this. We still have everything in our own hands. But unless we recognize the overall failures of our current systems, we most probably don't stand a chance. Beat that message, bitch. No, not Greta. Fuck. Here's the thing. If you smile enough, but everybody smiles. Here's the thing. If you work a little harder, you'll get by. Here's the thing. Or you can trust a man who wears a suit and tie. So just lies, 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 lies. Here's the thing. If your parents want to earn it, then it's yours. Here's the thing. And if you're barely getting by, then that's your fault. Here's the thing. Everything in life is fair, and that's the rules. It's all just lies, 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 lies. If you just close your eyes, then everything's alright. Close your eyes and everything's alright. Hey, Mara wrote a song, now everything's alright. It's all just. Here's the thing. You're as much as all the luxury. Sports team, here's the thing, Dan, and fuck. I feel like this band could have benefited from a tour in the States in the late spring, early summer, performing Kimmel, a Kimmel, and mm. Jimmy Fallon, and just getting a little buzz because they're so fun to watch when you see their YouTube videos of their live shows. They're fucking 
enigmatic and their songs are incredible. And this was the lead single off of their debut album, Deep Down Happy. Here's the thing. Interesting. Is it strange that I heard a little bit of a B-52s vibe? They're nuts. Like these guys just have, I don't even know what I would compare them to. Like I think there are songs in this album that sound like Blur to me a little bit. I, I can hear that B-52s. Like his voice is insane. And uh, God, every song in this album. I can't decide if great. I like it, Bob. I'm being totally honest. This is a weird Let me one. hear a little bit more. Well, here, I'm going to bring it up towards the end okay. because he loses his shit at the end. Um, there it's were, like a good Chris Kattan memoir. My favorite song on the album is a song called Fishing, but I didn't include it because that was on some EPs last year. Ooh. Last year, I led off our throwback to the future episode with a song that's also on this album from one of their EPs. Um, the album has so many good songs, but this was one of the new, new songs that I heard this year. So I wanted to include well, I like that you kept the integrity, Bob, of the exercise. Totally. Here we go. I'm going to bring it back up here. Love any song where people just lose their shit at the end. I do like lose their shit songs. This is also a great song for dads like us to pick up your kid and just dance around and throw them around the kitchen. It's a really fun song for that. Kids love high energy type songs like that. Yeah. To get it because I think it connects with the, their inner demon. And my inner demon. Yeah. So, you Tell know, about your inner demon. You know, I'm a big sports team fan. And uh, which I, one? This one. Giants. And I just Yanks, hope, you know who I like. And I just hope, I hope that this band uh, sticks it out. And, you know, somebody on the uh, Patreon. Maybe sticks it in to Lizzo. Get somebody, bigger. The whole, the whole band. The, the whole band. There's like nine of them in the band. Um, <laughs> That's even better. The, what if Lizzo uh, killed all nine of them? <laughs> <laughs> one of our Patreones asked on Patreon.com, what concert are you looking forward to uh, going to when this is all over? And I answered sports team. I would love to see them live. And I hope that uh, Whoa, in 2021, 2022, we have that opportunity. That's a great question. If you had to pick one band to see live after the layoff. Huh. Hmm. That's interesting. Think about it. I will. I will, Bob. You're up. We're almost at the end. You got a couple well, how songs many, left. Uh, okay. I think so you have two left and I have one left. That makes sense. All right. So I have to make, ooh, ooh, an on the fly omission, which is tough. Real tough. All right, I want to give some love, Bob. Bob, what was the best song? What was the best song of the 2010s? Oh think, my god, that's a I think we were kind of plugged in on this. It was a certain Letterman performance. Oh, the Future Islands. Yeah, was that maybe the best song? I'm not saying it was definitively. It was definitely in the discussion when we did our best of the decade episode. We talked. It's in about the running, that. right? Totally. And then if we had one, if we had one criticism of Future Islands. It was what? The sameness of their, their right. music. Right. You wanted to get into the album and then the follow-up album. Right. And you couldn't because it sounded too much like their great song. Right. Okay. So they put out a song this year called Thrill that is different. So okay. let's listen. Black Bible. Old River. I love his voice. Come quietly. Just asking a glass of water. You don't know me. Don't try me. 
by future islands i like a nice like m- slow you know mid-tempo a little bit slower than that yeah i wouldn't even say this is mid-tempo jam like a, almost like a, a ballad kind of and i like the chorus a lot i'd say your song selections this year definitely play into the melancholy and infinite sadness of 2020 yeah and you know what how could it not yeah how could it not i'm not i'm, I'm overcompensating with uh Sports team freaking out. You're just like embracing the misery. I think uh, I think there is something to be said about seeking out happy music or oh, totally. upbeat music. Um, but ultimately, this is more my speed right now. And also, in general, I think as I get older, I'm more more likely to be uh, into like a little bit of a take it down a notch here. Yep, I agree. A great album for me that um, just missed the cut was uh, Matt Berninger from the uh, National. He put out a solo album this year. Do you like any bands that don't involve a guy leaving a bigger band to start his own band? Not really. That seems to be the theme this year. (laughs) It's like bands that couldn't be together, so they just did their own thing. But it's a great slow burn, like songs like this, that I think, I know you like the National, so I think you would dig it. Did we, wait a second, we... We've never done the National. No, but we're dumbasses because it's not uh, when we were talking about Taylor Swift. Yes, Bunivar is on one of the songs, but it's the guy from the National produced it, that right? produced yes. it with with the Bleachers, bro. Jack, Jackanoff, Jack and Antonoff. I didn't even realize uh, Jackanoff was involved too. Oh, Jackanoff's involved with all her stuff now. Okay, got it. All right, Bob. So we got one each left, and um, wow, I really wanted my song to be the last song. But. Tough sitch. Well, you got first song. And I you got, got your whole song. like, and the first song is called first song, and everything is cool now. Like, so you had that moment. <laughs> I, did, I did have that moment. That was I a fucking, nice moment for you. It was a great win for me. <laughs> uh, everybody's Vin Butler gonna, got that too. There. Everybody's gonna remember that as a win for the old Kestroner. <laughs> the old Kestroner. All right, you got to workshop that too. All right, so your final choice, Bob. Well, my final choice, Dan. It was a no-brainer for me that this song had to be on the playlist because I would say. Oh, I already know what this is. I know you know what it is. I will. I honest. I won't say it. I won't ruin it for you, Bob. But I will say. I will literally. If it is not the song, I think it is. It's going to be the song you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> because Dan, the only tragedy bigger than a global pandemic this year that brought our economy and our whole world into a standstill. And cost the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. The only thing worse than that, Dan. I like that you think this that's the only thing that stopped us from being a hit. The only on. thing worse than that is the fact that we had the perfect anthem to represent this year, and it was overlooked by the masses, Dan. It was blessed. It was given to us. There is not a song that is more 2020 than this song by the Struts and Robbie Williams. Play your favorite song and sing it out loud 
Take a deep breath and in time you'll begin to smile. Like I'm cringing like I'm singing it. <laughs> like it's just a little embarrassing. To the wind that's the sweetest of sounds. Smiling at the stranger on the underground. Every little thing that you do goes a long, long way. But we don't talk about it. But isn't it good to be down here alive? <laughs> Something money could never buy. It's what more than a million roses. We're listening to the whole thing. I don't care. All <laughs> these are strange days in many strange ways. Science fiction. Robbie, back on the throwback pod. Welcome back, Robbie. Very in the middle of the song. Very in the middle. I'm going right, so, to raise it back up like six more times. So let me, let me tell you this, Bob. I do like this song in spite of its... In spite of itself. This I, is, that's how I would put that. This is the... This is we are the world level ridiculous in all the best ways. There's so many things wrong with this song. But there's so many things right about this song. But yes, I agree. There are also so many things or there are things that are undeniable about it. That there is there's a hookiness to it. And uh, we love Robbie Williams around these parts. Yeah. He's got a great voice. And the guy from the Struts is a great voice. Amazing voice. I mean, it kind of little, he's hard on the eyes, let's be honest. Uh, that's tough. No I mean, way. He's kind uh, of sexy a in a weird way. No, no, I don't know about that. Uh, but he uh, he obviously is going for something that is forgotten in today's musical landscape that I appreciate. Yep. Like big rock gestures, a little bit of a queen type vibe. I respect that. Yep. Yeah, when this came out, I ironically and then unironically I, I go back and forth between ironically and unironically loving it because yeah. it's right on that line and I remember you texted about how you can't you for the first time realized that the struts weren't kidding and it was kind of a weird thing for you <laughs> well you gotta watch the video everybody watch the video yeah you gotta watch yeah. the video because it tells you so much about the band but like I 100% believe that if the corona if corona 88 happened instead of corona 2019 if there was a coronavirus in 1988 and this song came out, it would be the biggest thing that ever happened to the world. This is just has that 80s sentimentality that was okay back then that is not okay. Or even like nobody gives it's a shit about it. I think that's I think that's what's almost like discombobulating about it is is that it's so out of step with what music sounds like today. That's what it is. But then it has all the production flourishes and it sounds like a modern song. Yeah. Uh, and Robbie Williams. And then Robbie Williams is in there just to fuck with your head. Like, here's Robbie Williams. <laughs> here's Robbie. And he sounds great. He sounds like Robbie Williams <laughs> sounded 20 years ago. Uh, I'm not out on the song, Bob. I find it to be a, a song that confuses me. I think, like, all the best art, Bob, it, it makes you think, 
It angers you. <laughs> it doesn't make you think that deeply, though, which is also what I like. It's pretty, pretty on you the nose. You marvel at its beauty and its ugliness. Um, I feel like while we're listening to this, it feels like the end credits should be coming up. I, <laughs> I want to uh, formally apologize to the artists that were not on this playlist because of the Struts and Robbie Williams. What a tough The fact break. that they occupied this lot. Uh, Biba Doobie almost made it. Low Cut Connie, I really like this year. The Run the Jewels album. Um, Dan, uh, fucking Smashing Pumpkins put out a pretty good album this year. You played me a little bit of that song. That was not good. It was good. What if, what if it was yeah. a James Eha album? I bet it would have made your fucking list. <laughs> if it was Darcy. <laughs> Darcy DRC. I wanted a DRC album. That's interesting, Bob. The song that just missed the cut uh, because I, I wanted to focus on songs to slit my wrist to in the bathtub. Clearly. Uh, was the Run the Jewels uh, single, Ooh La La. I had that on my list, too. That was a great I single. I really, uh, really like that the song. The only reason I didn't include it is because it reminds me of every song that ends an episode of Silicon Valley. Yeah, they were a little hurt by Silicon <laughs> Valley. But like Silicon Valley was a no, I liked pretty Silicon good show. Valley. Right, right. I don't know what it is. It's almost like Silicon Valley got a bit of like entourage stink on it at the end. I think that was it. I mean, the last season was a disaster. But all right, you guessed my, you. that was the song you knew I was going to play, correct? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty certain I know what you're going to play. But all right, let's. I'm let's, not going to be a dick about it. Let's close. I was not a dick. No, I know you were. I did not sell you out. I I just was, I knew it was going to be there. It was either going to be the first song you played or the last song. Yep, of course. Um, My last song, yes. In the year uh, in which veteran artists delivered kind of comeback albums or return to form albums, I should call them. Uh, We got one from The Strokes. Pearl Jam. I love the Pearl Jam album this year. Bruce put out a great album this year. Tom Petty, Wildflowers and all the rest was amazing. He's yeah. amazing. Yep, exactly. The Killers uh, put out Imploding the Mirage, my favorite album of the year. Here's Fire and Bone. I felt cast out. I felt 86. I felt darkness. But I felt fire and bone. I felt no good. I felt low down. And I felt alone. I felt unknown. I felt fire and bone. The thing that I love about this song is that Brendan Flowers, has he's never stopped writing good songs. Right. But it always had been a little bit hit and miss, especially his killer stuff in the last 10 years or so. To the point where his best stuff of the last 10 years was on his solo album. Oh, loved it, his solo album. It was just yeah. a little bit confusing. Like, what's going on? Why can't he, why can't he get back on the, uh, on the same page with the killers? And then this album comes out and has so many huge fucking great choruses uh, stacked one on top of the other all through the album. Yeah. It is, honestly, I say that maybe with a little distance I'll change my mind. It's my favorite Killers album. Uh, and listen to this fucking it's, chorus. It's, it's the most complete. That's, that chorus is everything that I like about music. Like, I just, I've always been a sucker for those big anthemic choruses that he's been writing his whole career. But then as he's gotten older, you know, obviously the 
the Killer's first album, Hot Fuss, was different than the stuff that, that they've kind of floated towards in the years since, as they've been more influenced by, again, The Boss and other artists. And I just love, I feel like he finally found his happy place where everything came together. And I, if you have not listened to The Killers in a while and you've given up on them, please listen to Imploding the Mirage because I think it's the best album of 2020. I agree it's their best album because we've talked about, we did Hot Fuss a million years ago on this pod. We've done Sam's Down. Both albums are up and down. Hot Fuss starts off hot right. and it's cold. Top heavy. Yep. Uh, Sam's Down, up and down. Then everything after that, meh. This, song is, this album is solid from beginning to end. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I get a little bummed out that the Killers, who were an established huge rock band, could release, in my opinion, you know, some of the best music that's come out this year. And admittedly, I'm not Scott Stereo Gum. I'm not Johnny Pitchfork. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that started Pitchfork.com, of course. John C. Pitchfork. Uh, I am not plugged in the way I once was but um, it's a little bit of a bummer that I don't think that album existed outside of just like with the Strokes album yeah. honestly where it was a return to form and just this like beautiful surprise in a ugly year and maybe the only people that really even knew about it were people that were loyal to the game or just checked in on the first single like oh this is good you kind of wish that the killers found a younger audience with this, for instance. And like right. that led to people, you know, finding hot fuss and, and finding Sam's town and uh, even the, are we human or are we dancer? No, uh, they, they, they don't need to find that one. They need to find spaceman, Bob. Come on. They got to find spaceman. All right, fine. Actually, if, if that means, what they about then bones? Find, do they need to find bones? Don't need to find bones, Okay, but they do need to find a dustland fairy tale. And you don't find that without finding the spaceman and being a human dancer. But they'll forever have Mr. Brightside to help people find everything. Yeah. So beautiful. That is my favorite song of the year, uh, favorite album of the year, Fiend. That's my list. That's great. What a great list. We did it. We did it again. We do it every year. You know what? We got to thank some people for making this happen. Like always. Let's thank the Patreonies at patreon.com slash throwbackpod. You guys, again, this year, 2020, the year was terrible. You guys were less than terrible. Dan disagrees. Dan silence. Speaks uh, uh, where they made the year less terrible. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Okay, thank I you. agree. Uh, uh, thank you the to support is outstanding. Yeah, it's outstanding. Everybody uh, who tweets at us and lets us know how much they're listening, and uh, everybody at Patreon that kicks in two dollars a month, six dollars a month to vote in polls and everything after that. You guys are the best. Thank you to our top tier sponsors, Courtney and Wyatt and the whole family over I was there. Is Bruno in Alaska at this point. Bruno is in the Alaska of the East. I don't want to fuck with that guy. <laughs> Bruno is not in Alaska. We're safe. Bruno, the sponsor still here, still doing it. We, we think he's still here. What do we know about Bruno? Honestly, at this point, now Bruno checks in every so often and lets us know everything's okay up there in the great white North. So did he find himself? Well, you know what? I will follow up. We will have an update in 2021 about that. So 
Bruno, the sponsor, uh, Mansi and Kleine over there in Australia. Dua Lipa's uh, song almost made my list because she samples in excess. So that would have been another win for Australia. Mm. But they've had a lot of wins this year, Dan. So we'll just uh, put a pin in that one. And of course, uh, Nyal. Nyal. Our super Patreoni. And everybody, thank you guys. You're the best. Dan's back to reading Chris Catan's book, by the I way. I think the only way to close it, Bob, I just opened up to page 213. And this is ostensibly about the music podcast. I just stumbled upon a page that not only is about music, but has the two words Liam Gallagher on the page. Shut the fuck up. How did this, this happen? This is literally a magical book. <laughs> so if you were there for the beginning of the podcast, you know. No, you don't need to update. It's a podcast. Everybody, Nobody's skipping to hour and a half Open to a random page. And stumbled upon uh, a interlude in his life in which he briefly, I guess, did he have sex with Zoe Deschanel? It's implied for sure. It's implied heavily. Yeah. And then when she ghosts him to start a movie, he gets hooked on cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of ghosting, uh, Ghost, great song by Travis this year that we didn't talk about. Okay, I'm with you. I I mean, Susanna Hoffs is on the new Travis album. Yeah. And even just that makes it worth checking out. Totally. I love Travis, uh, even if that album didn't move me like some of their past work. Um, All right, back to the matter at hand, please. You'll remember uh, in an earlier episode of the podcast, when I first read the beginning of the book, uh, there was a a moment where he thought, is anyone only going to think of me of Chris Kattan? Here lies Chris Kattan. He was once pretty amazing. Right, yeah. The or assumption like, that he was... Very amazing. <laughs> like it was at very- some point... <laughs> Right. <laughs> Amazing. So now, before we say goodbye to the wretched year of 2020, and uh, we hope all of you out there have a safe and happy end of 2020, and hopefully a 2021 that brings us all much more joy. I read to you an excerpt from Baby Don't Hurt Me, Chris Catan's dealing with musical guests on Saturday Night Live. One of the kindest musical guests was Lenny Kravitz, who hosted in January 2001. He brought his dad with him, and they wore matching wool sweaters. But some were not so cordial, like the lead singer of Jamiroquai. No! JK. No! When he and his band were headed to their dressing room after playing their set in September 1997, I said, great job. And as I walked by, he replied, fucking rubbish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, JK. There's nothing more 90s in in the history of the written word than Jamiroquai big time in Chris Kattan. In a similar circumstance, while I was briskly passing Sir Liam Gallagher the lead singer of the band Oasis. By the way, I'm almost positive he wasn't knighted, but he sure acted like he was. Whoa! (laughs) I said, hello, and he answered, ah, come off it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! I could stop there, Bob, but I saw something about 9-11 on the next page. (laughs) Fuck, I don't know what to do. Probably the most fun I ever had with a band. It wasn't actually on the show. One night at a star-packed VH1 benefit for the survivors of 9-11 at Madison Square... Wait, do we have to put Chris Kattan on the board? Obviously. At Madison Square Garden, I met Destiny's Child, 
Now we're starting to intersect between you and Catan, uh, Bob. You, of keep, course. We got to keep Beyonce off the board. You, of course, uh, uh, met Beyonce. I met Destiny's Child when they asked me to introduce them before they sang the hit song, Say My Name. A few months later, I saw them again when we were on the same six-hour flight from New York to Seattle. What's happening? I was going to see my family. Got me nervous there for a second. And they were on tour. And for about three to six hours in the air, Michelle, Kelly, and Beyonce and I played games while seated with our seatbelts on. We played charades. This did not happen. <laughs> Wait, we, are you calling Chris Catan a liar? We, play, we played heads up. And we played a game we made up ourselves where we basically threw pretzels at each other from across the aisle. But the best game was a scavenger hunt, which lasted almost an hour because poor Beyonce had to search the entire cabin while trying to find the hidden treasure. Wow. <laughs> this has been now. Do you know what that actually what actually happened there? I tell, don't tell me that. Yeah, here's yeah. the here's the truth. I don't think he's lying that he was on a, a flight, a cross country flight, with the members of Beyond, uh, Destiny's Child. No, that's I believe that is the truth. They were both in first class in October two thousand one or whatever. Still, December most likely truth, right? Where it diverges is that the only thing that was true is that Chris Kattan was throwing pretzels at Beyonce. <laughs> Probably repeatedly. And Beyonce said, please stop it. I heard what happened. So. <laughs> By the way, you said her name more than three times, which is it's kind of like Beetlejuice. Okay, you ready? You got to come and show your butt. You got to go and shake it. <laughs> Bobcat Strong is bootylicious. <laughs> All right, so Chris Kattan could lie all he wants. Me and Beyonce have a connection. We have for years. That's undeniable, Bob. Undeniable. Do you think she thinks about that interaction? I think Beyonce plays that clip for her friends as much as I play it for mine. Um, All right, Bob, that's it. Good stuff. That's it. We did it. We So we did it. Um, real Before we pick a song for our Spotify playlist, Dan, mm-hmm. Spotify throwback podcast playlist, um, I want to thank everybody on Twitter. I put out a uh, little prompt last week, like, hey, 2020 throwback to the future is coming up. What'd we miss? We got a lot of great recommendations from our listeners on Twitter. We did, huh? At throwback pod. So I'm going to put that into playlist. I'm going to share it with everybody. Um, hands. Stop Thurnberging me. But unless we recognize. Go ahead. Um, yeah, a lot of great songs. You've just been Thurnberg. Including, <laughs> including an Alanis Morissette song from this year that was uh, shockingly good, Dan. I heard a little bit of buzz about the it, new Morissette. Really good. I heard a little bit of buzz. So thank you to all of our listeners. Follow us on Twitter at TheRowbackPod, where we're going to put a link to our Throwback Podcast playlist. So uh, I don't know how to do this. How do we pick? Got a Kwanzaa update? Uh, Riser or Faller, Kwanzaa? Going on up, baby. Thank you. That's all he had it's to going say. Going up. Right at the beginning of the show, Bob. Immediately say, Dan, stop no, it. You're to, being foolish. It's on the rise. I wanted to build a little uh, a little anticipation <laughs> for that moment. The the flash of panic on Bob's face when I first asked him about Kwanzaa said so much. <laughs> for the record, I was not panicked. He was like, Hamana, Hamana, Hamana. <laughs> well, I know there are candles, but it's different than my candles. <laughs> My candles. Wow. 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 Says a lot. Says a, Says lot. a lot there too. 
How do we pick a song, Dan? How do we pick a song for our playlist? Uh, I see. I ha- I'm of two minds on this. Bob. Me too. I'm of at least two minds. I almost think that maybe, again, sometimes we get caught up in the semantics of things, and when we're trying to figure out what's the best way to proceed with the the show and different ideas we have, uh, we act like there are rules when in fact there are no rules. Wouldn't it make more sense where we each pick a song from our respective list and put it on the li- a playlist? Holy shit! I've never even thought of that. I thought we would either fight about it. Or maybe even... I don't want to fight, Bob. This has been a tough year. You heard my selections. I'm more in a, a mellow, peaceful place. You are. And I don't. I just don't want to battle. And, and I know you really want to put that fucking Robbie Williams I was going to say, on. you're leaving me in a position where I could just, with no <laughs> resistance, put on strange That's what days. I mean. Like, I can't... That, that's my gift to you, Bob, is not putting up any fight on that. So if you want that to be on the playlist... That's your chance. I don't think I could do that. But I, mean, I do conversely, to... like it, it says a lot about you if you don't put it on the list. I've kind of put you in a tough spot now. Like you've been the champion of both the struts. No, because here's what I think. And that, that is, song for a year. That's the song of 2020. Undeniable. I mean, you can't even argue it. It's and what most... is this show about? But here's the thing, Dan. This podcast, this playlist is going to live on into 2021 when we're going to be vaccinated. You don't know that. That is true. The playlist will live on forever. I'm not deleting this playlist no matter what happens. Well, Spotify will probably, the algorithm will be like, now that we've harvested his data, we will eliminate all trace of him. Meanwhile, over on Apple Music, yes, not only do you have the playlist, you get it before the episode even comes out of the song. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> well, yeah, the Spotify virus will be over eventually, and then we'll be okay. But Spotify virus. Nice, nice. Pretty good. Guess how many followers we have on the Throwback Podcast playlist on Spotify, by the way? I don't care. 1,928 followers, Dan. That's pretty great. 121 songs, about to be potentially 123. Let's do it. Let's Let's get to 2,001 followers and then freeze it. Make a (laughs) private playlist. I like that idea. (laughs) All right, guys, get in there quick. We're stopping at 2001. (laughs) All right. And our playlist will be nine hours and 11 minutes long. So get ready. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. I will. Uh, I will start then. Hamana, uh, hamana, hamana, hamana. Big choice. Big choice. Big money. Big money. Wait. Can I throw out one more idea before we before you pick? Oh yes, of course. We could put it up to a vote to our listeners. What song that we played oh. belongs on the Throwback Podcast playlist? All right. Do you want? How about this? Okay. Now let's combine. Let us combine now, Bob, the two ideas okay. as one. You will nominate <clears throat> two songs from your list. I will do the same for mine, and then those four songs will be what they vote on. Oh, I like that. All right. There you go. What are you nominating, Bob? I am nominating Phoebe Bridgers, Kyoto. Okay. You're up. Oh, we're doing this like the NFL draft. We obviously are. <laughs> Picking second. In the Throwback Podcast, Throwback to the Future, Part 3 Draft, I select Chinatown featuring Bruce Springsteen by Bleachers. With the third pick of the 2020 Throwback Podcast playlist selection extravaganza, I pick Barty Strange Boomer. Wow. We'll see. We'll see if he's got it. Bit of a reach. Bit of a reach. He's got it. We'll see if he's got potential. Bit of a reach. And with the fourth fourth overall pick in the throwback podcast draft, I select the Killers 
song, Fire in Bone. Great. So we'll put that up on the the old Twitter. And Instagram. We'll put it both. We'll both. Can you do a poll? Can see, you do a I don't thing? know if you... See, because then Can you're... Comments? With, what are we dealing with here? Well, it's just if you put it on both, and then you might have people voting twice. That's a good point. All right. It's only going to be on Twitter. It's on Twitter. But what we'll do, we'll post on Instagram pointing to Twitter. Go Perfect. Vote. Look at you. And we should... Um, We'll find a way to make sure people... What we should have done during the draft there is played a quick snippet of each song. Yeah, big moment there for Bob and Post, maybe? No, definitely not. No, this is going up in like four days. And I have three notes in there that I'm going to address, and that's it. Uh, that would you know take it to the next level, but that's up to Bob ultimately. And Bob's already decided it's not happening. So there you go. Well, uh, you guys vote, and then, I don't know, uh, at some point... Let's say a New Year's Eve. We'll announce the song. I don't know. What the fuck? Just keep throwing out fucking dates. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Uh, and that's it. So I will play us out then, Bob. With yeah, play us out. I'll play it out with um, going back to where we started. The only Bob. reason, for the record, the only reason I didn't pick Strange Days is I couldn't. I couldn't deal with seeing it get zero votes. <laughs> so it's unbelievable that you didn't even put it up for a vote. Bob. I didn't want to be heartbroken. Bob, it's not too late. I'm giving you a chance here, Bob, to go back to the podium. Okay, you know what? Let's do it. The struts are in there with Robbie Williams. Who do they replace? They're replacing Bartiz. next. Maybe next year, Bartiz. <laughs> maybe you should go have Lizzo yeah, sit You know what you face. need to do. You know what you need to fucking do. All right, thank you again, everybody listens. Uh, it is very cool um, that you've been with us for this long. And uh, who knows what 2021 will bring for the Throwback Podcast, but... Uh, whatever it brings, uh, we are thankful for what has come before. And uh, Bob, happy happy holidays! Happy, happy holidays to you, Merry my Christmas, friend. happy, happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah, and happy Kwanzaa on the rise. Good, and of course, happy New Year, everybody! Uh, until 2021, go fuck
That's cheating. Fuck you, you can't stop me. Fucking cheater. And you stumble and fall on the ground. Play your favorite song and sing it out loud. Stop the count. Stop the count. Nailed it.